This is Sports Jam. I'm Doug Doyle. In January of 2022, Keith Dawkins was named president of the Harlem Globetrotters and Hirsch End Entertainment Studios. The veteran brand expert is pumping new life into this legendary basketball franchise. Keith, great to see you. Great to see you as well. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. You know, you've negotiated the revitalization of this famed basketball performance group with that weekly television series, Harlem Globetrotters Play It Forward, highlighting the team's charitable activities. But I belong to a jazz station, and when people think of the Harlem Globetrotters, they think of sweet Georgia Brown. Hey, man, who's that cat coming down the street? I don't know, but it sounds to me like that different man with the bone. Sure having himself a ball. Do you remember the first time you heard that song? Oh my gosh. You know, that's interesting. So I, t- I tell people a lot of things as it relates to this job and someone get a little tangent to come back to this. You know, there was a time that I thought the job I used to have at Nickelodeon, I was like, listen, this is a dream job. It's uh, kids as the audience, kids who grew up in Nickelodeon, they thought I had the best gig ever. My boys were small, they loved it. Parents who, or adults who were old enough to come through Nickelodeon, they were like, yes, you're at Nickelodeon. And then parents of those kids, I was like, this is, everyone's happy with me. Um, the fact that I kind of struck gold twice and I'm with this brand that is a global brand that I mentioned to people that like, oh, I work with the Harlem Globetrotters. What do you do? They're like, the Harlem Globetrotters. They're like, oh my gosh. And they speak to when they first saw them in Cleveland, first saw them in the UK, first saw them in India, first thought, and the list goes on. Um, and that's the athletes that they love back in the day, the Meadowlarks, the Curlies, the Lynette Witters, the Sweet Lou. Uh, the song always gets mentioned. And so that's awesome in my adult life to be a part of that. And then going back to the, my childhood part of me, I say this to players who come on the team all the time. I go, listen, I'm old enough where there was no TikTok. There was no internet. There was there was nothing. There was like four channels that you watch and what have you. And uh, the Harlem Globetrotters are one of those things that is like a childhood memory. And those athletes and those stars and that sweet Georgia Brown on whether it was Wild World of Sports or seeing them on Scooby-Doo or Lunchbox, they were unbelievably a part of my childhood. And so to think, you know, that seven or eight-year-old me, to be able to tell that guy that you're going to be sitting this here, like, come on, get out of here. So um, they were as much as part of my kind of journey into, like, TV capturing my imagination um, and sport, you know, and Ali or Sugar Ray Leonard or Magic Johnson or Tony Dorsett, those things that pulled me into certain specific, maybe a Cowboys fan, maybe a Lakers fan, Globetrotters are part of all of that as well for me. So you mentioned, you know, Nickelodeon, the part of the part of your past. You've done so much when it comes to, you know, changing and improving brands and and being a part with Viacom, CBS, elevated to the position of executive vice president at Nickelodeon, where you oversaw and grew some of the brand's most beloved and successful networks. This is what you do. Mm-hmm. Has it been as challenging as you thought it would be with the Harlem Globetrotters? Uh, yes and no. I mean, on the no is it's not hard to say to someone, hey, I work for the Harlem Globetrotters and a decision maker at fill in the blank company across North America or outside the U.S. They know what the brand is. You're not having to explain to them what it is. And they have their own personal love and affinity for that. As I said to people, that's a potential business deal, deal memo, and some sort of strategic partnership just when you're at that place, right? 
And we've seen we've seen the impact of that in a short period of time. You reference, you know, Harlem Globetrotters play it forward on NBC, and there's you know bringing Spalding on as a new ball partner. That all comes from like-minded partners who understand uh, the brand. The hard part, and continues to be the hard part, is for some partners, um, they're like, oh yeah, I know the brand of 20 years ago, but what are you doing now? I haven't heard from the last 20 years. Or they might think we're stuck in a, we only do the tour and that's the only thing that we're doing. So we have to show them the fruits of our labors and the things that we're doing currently now, but also aspirationally where we plan and want to get to. Um, and also not for the current team staffers, but you know maybe for some others, like we're going to work differently around this. And one of my things when I first came in is like, oh, the Harlem Globetrotters is a tour. I'm like, no, we're not a tour. We are a global beloved entertainment brand that is spanning almost 100 years old and as an entertainment brand and a beloved IP. Well, that means the tour is one of our expressions, but so should digital social media, so should content, so should licensing and merchandise, so should the list go on. Because um, any brand that you really have a big affinity for, Star Wars or SpongeBob, right? Um, you're able to engage audiences are able to engage with those platforms in the way in which they choose, right? And so if you have this big addressable audience that we do um, that spans from, you know, kids and families to Gen Z to the older crowd that I'm now in, um, people should be able to turn on whatever their device of choice is, a mobile one, a gaming one, a streaming platform or whatever, and there should be something for them around the globe shutters. So that's the hard part of the journey, right, is educating or getting the buy-in of you know the team or the world that I came into like onto that journey but they bought in very quickly um and then you got to sell that out to the world and then the partners to bring them on board to get to where you want to get to but I don't view that as challenge I view that as part of the fun right if you're if you're not up for that challenge you're not up for that journey then 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 why be in the job so is it hard yes but it's exciting to me yes I don't even look at it as hard the Harlem Globetrotters will be performing at Madison Square Garden on the 24th of February and then in Trenton at the Cure Insurance Arena on March 1st. You talked about merchandise, new uniforms for the Harlem Globetrotters. Something went into that decision. You mean the black uniforms that you say? Mm-hmm. That came on board, you know, before I started. And, you know, I, I think if you look at the landscapes, so I, you know, I can't really speak to what decision went into that many years ago, but I do embrace a few things if you look at the landscapes of uniforms everything from university of oregon to things you see at nba arenas and others right you will see brands um flexing between what their legacy look is traditional look is a dallas cowboys i'm a fan of or, or the lakers and then how do they modernize themselves for this current marketplace where you see teams do all white all black blah blah, blah. sometimes you see them change um uh go to different language, right, to speak to the different community and audience, maybe a Spanish-speaking community audience that they want to um, uh, more deeply connect to. So uh, the uniform change that took place many years ago before we started, I think, was speaking to that. How do we modernize the Harlem Globetrotters and speak to a more modern-day audience and have greater connectivity um, to where we are now? But I will say that iconic red, white, and blue, which you see reflective in our ball, is a point of real distinction from from anyone else. No one else has that look and, and 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 does what we do around that. And so I don't have a answer for what the future looks like around the uniforms that way, but I do believe that that iconic look, um, we need to find ways to make that come back in a real meaningful way for the audience. 
There's too much equity there for it not to. Of course, the most famous Harlem Globetrotters when it comes to Giza Osby and Meadowlark Lemon and Curly Neal. But you have exciting players on the roster right now, including a number of women. And uh, when you have Torch George, Sherelle George, and you have TNT Lister, uh, they're exciting players. And and in this world where women's basketball continues to rise, I'm sure that you felt it was a, a great idea to make sure that the, the lineup includes many young and veteran female stars. Yeah. So So my point of view on that, actually, let's go back to kind of my Nickelodeon time. Nickelodeon was the number one kid network on planet Earth for years. And the reason why, there's many reasons why I got there, but the one as it relates to the audience is, if the audience is a 50-50 split of the boys and girls, I'm speaking in the kid and family space, well, Nickelodeon was a 51-49. They got more boys and girls under the 10 while their competition might over-index with girls 2 to 11 or boys 2 to 11. Nickelodeon got them all. I was like, oh, so if you want to be number one, get everyone under the 10. Duh. So there's the Business, while I think it's a emotionally intelligent thing to do, if you want your business to really connect with with an entire audience, right? If you look inside our tour building, Master's Square Garden or anywhere else, it's like you look inside that building, everyone's there from 8 to 80, right? We need to have an offering that connects with everyone. So that's kind of like my business thing on that. And then we also have a history of it, right? Lynette Woodard, who I love that she's come up in the news of, as of late, right? As Caitlin Clark set the women's all-time scoring record, and now she's chasing down uh, Pete Maravich. Uh, his score rate. Oh, but now it's come up in the people like, who's this Lynette Woodard that scored over 3,600 points? I was like, yeah, our Lynette Woodard out of Kansas, right? And the world was different then. So her records weren't um, acknowledged at that point, but she was the first woman to sign with the Globetrotters. So I love that. So we have a history and a legacy of first in that way. And then now you've mentioned uh, many of the great players from Torch and TNT, right? Who are just fantastic, skilled veterans have played at the highest level. Um, uh, of Division One hoop as well as in the WNBA, and then just recently, uh, I think it's like two weeks ago, it's coming up right now. Alexis Morris, we just signed, and Alexis um, uh, was a, a second round pick of the WNBA draft and played on LSU's national championship tw- team in 2023. Uh, was leading scorer on that team in the national championship game, and so for me, what's important about that, not just as it relates to women, but as it relates to elite basketball players, period. Now the Globetrotters are getting back to, yes, we should be a place where if you're an elite player, just like Will Chamberlain was once here, just like Connie Hawkins was once here, just like Sweet Lou Dunbar, who's still on the roster, right, as a, in, a, in a veteran way, was that. Now it gives elite athletes in the basketball world to go, okay, and my differing offerings that I'm thinking about are that might be obtainable for me. That's from G League to WNBA to go play abroad, Europe, Mexico, wherever. The Globetrotters now are on their radar. Um, it's not for everyone. Right. You need to be a great combination of off the chart skill set and also want to do deep community impact work and bring joy and possibilities of laughter to everyone who you touch. Right. That's not for everyone. Um, that's a unique unicorn to do that. Um, but I want the entire elite basketball community to know that this is a place for you. And I think that's been off the radar for them for a while. Um, Alexis signing, I think, helps signal that to the marketplace. And then this Lynette conversation and torch that you bring up and Fatima that you bring up and hammer and the, all the list then people are like oh wait a minute these athletes i'm like yes they are phenomenal you can't go do what they do both as basketball in terms of their basketball prowess um but also they are they are they're just like magical human beings 
Um, they they care. I'm not saying they don't care about their craft of being a basketball player, but if you meet them and get to know them, which I hope you will one day, they care more about like little kids and who can they impact, who can they bring a smile to their face. They will, they will, you have to pull them away from signing the autograph. I'm like, guys, we've been here for hours. The line's too long. The bus is about to leave. And it's no exaggeration. I'm like, no, no, one more, one more. And that's who they are. So um, long-winded answer to your point about the women, but it's uh it's an exciting, it's an exciting venture that we're on. I'm Sherelle Torch George from Reading, Pennsylvania. And they call me Torch because I light it up. I'm on fire. The first time I picked up a basketball was Christmas morning. I was four years old. I unwrapped a Fisher Price hoop and a basketball. When it hit my hands, it was like poetry in motion. You know, every day it was like, man, how good could I be? So for me, it kept me out of trouble. I remember looking out my window in Glenside Projects in Reading, Pennsylvania, thinking like, there's gotta be more to life than what I'm seeing every day. For me, being a Goodwill Ambassador means everything to me. It's to bless others through your gift, to bless others with your presence. Like, you'll be surprised just as a globe charter. We walk in rooms and people light up, they smile. Everybody has a globe charter story. So watch Play It Forward on NBC's The More You Know. And then the clips that were a part of the whole aspect that play it forward, each and every one of those players that you've talked about, talked about being goodwill ambassadors, <laughs> they get it. They understand their role, not only as people who are entertaining, but what they mean to the community. You mentioned, you know, Dante Hammer Harrison, who's been your showman, your Meadowlark Lemon since 2009. That's to to have that connection and to have that role, he understands his role. He understands that Meadowlark Lemon was such an iconic, not only performer, but brand for the Harlem Globetrotters. Our athletes take their role seriously. Um, they take the kind of legacy and the history of what it means to be a Globetrotter and honor that legacy of the players who came before them and built that foundation. So that's about what they do maybe on the court. Um, but what they do off the court is, you know, it, uh, I've gotten to know them over these two years and I, I can't emphasize or overemphasize just how maybe that's the one, that's the one spot and everything else is the one A. They care about communities. Um, they love doing the player appearances. They love showing for Special Olympics and Boys and Gold Club. They'd love the philanthropic partnership work that we're doing down or again, those lanes of education, health and wellness and community empowerment and be able to do things like um, bringing coding to black and brown communities in partnership with Microsoft and doing work like that. Um, they care about the impact that they make. And so play it forward as an example. It's like that allows you to see who they are as human beings and all the work that they will do away from the court. And by the way, um, one of the reasons that we were so easily able to kind of bring that show to life and together in partnership with, with uh, Hearst is that that's all the work the players are doing when no one's watching. So the back to your question of like what, what was hard, when you do great work when no one's watching, that means you're doing it not for the beat of your chest. You're doing it for this is how I believe. And so one of my things I said to them is like, I'm not trying to cheapen that by doing a show about the work you're doing. I'm just trying to amplify it and get the world to see that work in meaningful ways. I didn't want them to feel like, wait, we just commercially just do it because that's not why they're there. So I was worried about that, but they got it right. They were like, "No, no, we want we want the world to know because we they know that's the way to impact more people um, is to get that word out." So um, it's just generally who they are. It's why they sign up. It's why they're so proud to be a globe shot. It's why they're proud to travel the world. They are. They take that goodwill ambassador idea to heart, and they wear it on their sleeves proudly.
So you and others in the organization see a, a bright star, whether it be somebody who almost made the NBA or was a, a great player in, in college or just has the skill that you're looking for. So what what's the line of questioning when it comes to whether or not they're going to be a Harlem Globetrotter? What kind of questions do you ask that you know, much like the NFL draft, right? When they know when they're yeah. going to be selecting players. What's your list of questions for that potential? So this is why I wish I had our kind of heads of player development, you know, here and stuff. So on, on this on this pure skill wise, you know, there's a few different types of players we have out there, right? We have the great ball handlers, right? So that's like the legacy of like the curly needle types, right? And you have the finishers who might not be the great ball handlers, but boy, you can throw an alley up to you and they're they're jumping out the building. And then you have these gigantic personalities, right? Who maybe occupied either one of those spaces, but now they're in a different arc. And that would be like your metal arc archetype, right? That's like a, you know, a hammer, you know, you brought them up that way. But once you've identified those types of more physical attributes on the, run fast, jump high, or the great ball handling. Um, then there's some just conversations around like, why are you here? Tell me about who you are. What's your journey? What are you looking to do? What have you been doing? Right. Well, you really start to get to know their humanity um, as people. Um, and we're also honest with them about what this, what the demands are. You know, 250 plus dates around North America, another 150 dates around the rest of planet Earth. That's a lot in a, in a condensed period of time from December 26th to the first week of May. That's a that's a grueling schedule, right? Um, and you still have to train. You still have to be in shape. Blah, blah, blah. By the way, we're going to have you, depending upon which player you're talking about, we're going to have you in a show over here. We're going to have you do player appearances over there. Uh, oh, the Emmys wants us because we're Emmy nominated. You have to do something over here. Oh, the Children's Museum, right? It's, it's, it's a lot. So you really have to find out about, um, you may say you want to be a Globetrotter, but here's what it really means to be a Globetrotter. These players are human beings, so they're dealing with all kinds of things that no one knows that they're dealing with, except for us, right? There's deaths in families, there's children being born, there's physical injuries, there's there's emotional things that are happening just like in the trauma. And then yet every day they got to go out there and still smile and still bring it, whether there's 15,000 people in the crowd or whether a snowstorm hits someplace and they shut half the roads off and, oh my gosh, we sold 10,000 tickets, but there's 1,500 people in the building, right? Because of whatever. They put on a show like there's, like it's whatever, right? So you have to get to know people in that tryout process and get a sense of who they really are as humans. And uh, we have a track worker really nailing that, right? But, you know, sometimes we get it wrong. And and by the way, sometimes the people self-select that after a while. They're just like, wow, this is more than I, than I, than I was like, that's okay. Keith Dawkins uh, lives in Ridgewood. He has uh, two sons that both uh, have been athletes, one currently at, at Monmouth University. And Ramapo College has been a, a special part of your life, too. In fact, it was in 2022 that you gave the commencement address to students. Obviously, that had to be a thrill for you. Yeah, you know, when I say to people about Ramapo, um, it, it makes them laugh, but it's serious. Like, Ramapo gave me my wife and my life. And they're like, what? And I'm like, meaning, you know, I met my wife there. We were in class. This woman walks in. I'm like, hey, right? And, and you know, 25 years later, we're married. Um, and then two, I did an internship. We both did at CNBC. And for her, it was, it was like live television for her. She was like, oh my God, the energy, this is crazy. And I joke around with her. I'm like, you, but you actually went to a less demanding field of like advertising or something, but something about TV didn't connect with her and something about TV did connect to me. So that was the power of Rampo in terms of out of the gates. Um, 
And then like a lot of us, you move on with your life, you move on with your career arc. And I really ha didn't have contact with Rampo at all. And they reached out to me just back when I was at Nickelodeon, maybe it was around 2012 or 13 or so. Uh, uh, got on the board of governors there. And then since then, it has just been, you know, there's many things that I do, but that is without a doubt my kind of give back place of, of prioritization, right? Been on that board of governors for whatever it is, over 10 years, I'm the chair of that thing. I I teach an adjunct, you know, a, a advertising and PR class there. They've honored me with different things, which has been great. I've given commencement, keynote, different speech and stuff. And it's it's all centered around the same idea of like, there's different parts of your life that people are giving you a shot, right? Someone's giving me a shot with this globe tower thing. I'm going to honor it, right? Someone gave me a shot, this knucklehead kid who had to work and pay himself through school, right? Up at Ramapo and gave me a shot. So you know, as I say to kids often, meaning like a 19-year-old, 18-year-old, there's a lot of kids sitting there just being like, I'm here. I don't even know if I can pay this next semester or I can, but I'm lost and I'm how. And letting them know a few things. One, I was just as lost and clueless as you are. You don't think it now because I'm sitting where I sit, but I I was you. I think it helps them go, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm normal here. And I go, and by the way, here's the other dirty secret. When people say, you need to figure out what it is you want to be when you grow up. I'm like, a lot of us are still figuring out what we're how we're evolving, what we're doing. So that thing never changes. And they go, oh, okay. So that takes the, the pressure off of them. And then it's like, can we help them? Can we mentor them? Can we give them a connection? Can we also give them some tough feedback of like, listen, you can't graduate and have that resume and be like, you didn't participate in anything. You didn't do anything. You need to start thinking about some stuff. And it's like, oh, and I'm just like, I'm telling you the same thing that I tell my two boys. Um, and that truthfulness helps them. So um, I love being part of that environment. I love helping them out as much as I can. I tell them to use me as, as much as you can, which, and I mean that in the way of if a parent is saying to, you know, the president of the college or whoever it is, one of the deans, well, you know, what does it mean? What's this, what's this REM pro education going to get my kid? If they can use me, be like, well, listen, you can maybe be that knucklehead who's the head of the Harlem Globetrotters one day, right? He went here. That might make a parent be like, okay, you guys, I guess the value of the return on the investment's good, right? So I love giving back there. Um, they're a big part of, uh, of my community now, and uh, it's great. How often do you get to see your son's games at Monmouth? I was just down at NGIT last night. Uh, did a game at NGIT. Lost in overtime, 14-13. He's, he's not so happy about that. So you, you got to, as if, if, if anyone's have played sports, right, I always say to people, it's like, there's a time and a place where, like, no one wants to hear right after the game, after you just lost in this, like, like this bat, right? Like, uh, oh, that was a tough one. So you got to give him a little space. But it's great, right? It's like, you know have a work day. He's 40 minutes down the road, you know, NJIT, right? Sit there, see him, talk to me. He knows I'm there for him. Uh, Monmouth is an hour five away, right? So that's his, uh, a zip down there. I have a niece who goes there as well. So it allows me to see her. So it's great just having that um, be a part of our lives. And uh, for him, you know, it's been really about, uh, is it about extending his athletic career? I don't think so. I think it was really about like a great academic institution, that wanted him to be there, a sense of community and belonging in terms of the sporting thing, a sense of accountability, by the way, like your grades matter, staying out of silly things matter because that's going to derail your stuff. So purpose and focus and, um, and, uh, and a sense of belonging. So, and, you know, it's great to see both of them, you know, the oldest has graduated, just graduated from college this past spring. So it's great to see people starting to get on their journeys and thrive and see where that's going to take them. Congratulations on that as, as a parent. When we think about the some of the other players on the roster, mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to mention uh, 
uh, Thunder Law, Corey Law, has yeah. 11 Guinness World Records when it comes to performing. So we're talking high-level skill people and Bulldog right. Mac, Chandler Mac, and 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 Hotshot Johnson, the little guy who is who's who's fabulous and and really you know gives people something to aspire to. Uh, you'll know his story when uh, when you check out the Globetrotters, uh, either on uh, March 1st at the Cure Insurance Arena in Trenton or at Madison Square Garden for uh, the Globetrotters there. But the connection, some of these to Harlem and to, to New York is strong too. And I, I would imagine that's also something that you want to keep intact when it comes to the... the the players that are that are around that area, the Harlem area and Brooklyn, and and people that that can reach out to those communities. Yeah, I mean, we have players on the on the Generals and the Globetrotter side who have roots here from Bronx to Long Island. Um, one of our Generals players, he I saw him at Barclays. He was like, oh, I feel like I'm home because he's right. So that's powerful, both as a you know for those players. One, um, two, New York is one of the places on planet earth that perceives itself to be and is true is like a basketball mecca now some folks in indiana has some stuff to say about that some folks in north carolina have some stuff to say the chicago feels a certain way and so does the west coast but that's a fun kind of conversation battle to have but undoubtedly uh new york and the new york city point guards and all that thing has roots in, in 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 basketball the garden right has you know unbelievable roots in it so being able to and then the name harlem right so being able to bring that all together right now around this playing at the garden is definitely a powerful thing, both for our players, for the brand, uh, for brand perception. Um, uh, the folks at Barclays and garden uh, and garden, just think about two locations. Also our partners at Prudential center and white plains and others, right? Just seeing them feel the value and their appreciation uh, of us in this tri-state area, but that has extended out across, across, across North America. I would say, you know, I think in the feedback we're getting is that, you know, they love having us there. They see what we're doing for our audience, but it's the work that we're, that we started to do away from their arenas for them to see like, Oh my gosh, every Saturday morning on NBC, Telemundo on cozy on Peacock, there's, there's a show for them to see, you know, or the work that we're doing with licensing deals with Sprayground or Spalding, you know, the other things I took about the CSR, they see us really working hard for our brand, which means we're really working hard for them as a partner, meaning those venue partners as well. Um, you know, they care about their communities and creating a great offering to create, you know, the, the, that family community is an important one, right? That all these communities, all these venues really love, whether it's Boston, whether it's LA or, or Oklahoma City or wherever. So being able to bring a family-friendly, super positive Everyone leaves all their divisive division and everything that they're that's on every other service is out the door. All those are this all the same people who are arguing over everything come into our arenas and and you know if I ran for president of the United States, which I never would, maybe that would be my 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 my, my poll, my, my position would be like you know, globetrotter, right? Just it's like we bring everyone together um and leave all your stuff behind because um and it's magical to see it. Um and so I think the energy that we're bringing out away from the venue. Uh, is making those venue relationships and partnerships even stronger. Um, and then, yeah, the, you know, back to your point about New York, you know, the, all the players who are from New York and the ones who are not, they love coming to this New York tri-state area and uh, having a great time here. Keith Dawkins is our guest here on Sports Jam. Just a couple more questions. You mentioned the generals. 
Do you come across people that are are rooting for the generals? One thousand percent, one thousand percent, and that has been a, a, a such a great, pleasant surprise, and one that in recognizing that we're like, whoa, there's an opportunity here, and it's not just um, consumers who will show up in generals' jerseys and wait to have autographs with the generals. It's a lot of business partners who have reached out to us and said, hey, I want to do, we have a few things on our development slate um, that are generals, meaning our content development slate, that are generals projects only. I'm like, oh, there's a marketplace for the generals, right? And when you think about it, everything from, if you want to think about it as a Rudy idea, right? Or a Bad News Bears idea, which I don't think about the generals, either one of those things. One is like kind of the lovable loser and one is the underdog, Right. Um, there's a narrative in both those ideas. Or if it's just, um, hey, well, I love Star Wars as a franchise. Well, some people love the Jedi's, but some people love the Darth Vader side. Right. That doesn't have to be villain or hero. It's about as a brand, the Harlem Globetrotters brand is so closely associated with that other team, the generals, that people have built a affinity and a fan base for them. And I could argue if you're the they're not losers, because if if one's the world's greatest sports team. Well, how many people can say that the only people that they lose to are the world's greatest sports team? That means the generals are pretty good too. And they've got tremendous basketball talent over there. Um, and when people come to the game, they start to look, they're like, wait a minute, did the generals just hit eight four-point shots in a row? Those are deep balls. Like you're not, you're not a non-basketball player if you do it. This ball had the same skills that we look for. We find them on the general side too. Those are highly, highly skilled, highly trained. You just can't get out of your seat out of the arena and go be a general. You're fooling yourself if, if, you, if you're thinking that. So uh, there's, a, there's a fan base for them for sure. So one last question. You can go back in time and you can have a nice conversation with one of the legends of the Harlem Globetrotters. Who would you pick and what would you want to talk about? Oh, jeez. Well, it might be... Curly, Neil, and why? Um, there's a time if you asked me that maybe a couple of years before I got this job, it might have been Metalark. But you know what? I've had a lot of uh, connections to Metalark's family, and have been able to have a bunch of conversations there, which is not the same as talking to Metalark, who's not with us anymore. But I've I've gotten some family insight and what have you. Um, you know, Lynette's here. Sweet Lou is here, so I feel like Sweet Lou. I just Whenever I see him, I, I sit oddly close to him because it's almost like I just want to cuddle with Lou, right? And just soak up all the legend of of the stuff. And that's awesome. But Curly, I don't have any of that, right? He's not with us. And there's nothing for me to soak up next to. And he felt like, um, you know, just one of those players that kind of spilt off the page. You know, kind of like people wanted to dress like Clyde Frazier. People wanted to walk like, you know, or move like Arthur Ashe. People wanted to be like, you know be like Muhammad Ali, you would see a list of boxers who were like, oh, where are all these Sugar Ray names coming from? Sugar Ray, Sugar Shane Mosley, Sugar Ray Leonard, Sugar, I'm like, yeah, there was a Sugar Ray Robinson before these people. Curly Neal was that type of person, right? The the gold chains that he would wear, right? It's like, hmm, is that why Orlando Woolridge and Michael Jordan and some others were wearing the gold chains? I don't think it was just Doc, right? I think it was Curly Neal, right? So the bald head, the everything, he was not just the excellence of the play, but there was something about his something that also spilled off the page. So um, it'd be fun to be able to have a conversation, just sponge up that, whatever that is, that mm. oozed up out of him. Um, 
and see if something could spill over onto you <laughs> to carry it with you would be great. Curly Neal about to go into his dribbling act, and that's Jimmy Hebron against him. Hebron from Wilmington College in Newcastle, Delaware, and they picked on him all day. Look at Curly. Great answer. My favorite Harlem Globetrotter of all time certainly was Curly Neal. And yeah. Probably the most beloved, like you mentioned, Metal Arc, you know, obviously, you know, the 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 crown prince of, of the whole mm -hmm. of the whole organization. But I think people related to Curly more because um, you know, they both were about the same size when it really yeah. came down to it. If you look yeah. at it, but you always thought of Curly as a much smaller guy because right. he was always dribbling so low to the ground and doing right. all those wonderful dribbling skills and tricks. But he certainly was uh, a legend, and I can see why you'd want to pick his brain even more. Keith, continued success with the Harlem Globetrotters. We appreciate your time and look forward to the future of this growing franchise under your direction. Thanks, my friend, and, and, and we appreciate anyone who welcomes us to tell our story. Uh, it's been great to talk to you, and um, if you're lucky enough that you want us to come back and talk another time, we'd love to do it. It's been great. Sports Jam is a WBGO Studios production. You can hear all the past shows by going to wbgo.org slash sportsjam or wbgo.org slash studios. You can also find Sports Jam with Doug Doyle on the NPR list of podcasts or wherever you hear podcasts. Until our next Sports Jam session, I'll see you at the game.